Welcome to the Iron Self Podcast, where we jump into health, fitness, mindset, and becoming the best version of yourself. Today with your hosts, Mike and Kayla Minion. We are very, very excited to bring you another episode of This Week in Coaching. So This Week in Coaching is where we go through all of the questions that we've been asked. Well, not all the questions, but we go through three or four questions that we've been asked or that we hear quite often from our coaching clients or from you, the wonderful audience, when you ask us your questions. They're usually things that our clients have been telling us last week that they were struggling with that we would have already addressed directly with them, but we get a little more nitty gritty. Yeah, get to dive a little deeper. We get to research now. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we are tackling negative self-talk, form in the gym, um, high stress periods, and junk food. All kinds of fun today. So let's dive into negative self-talk. Yeah, so negative self-talk is that classic stinking thinking. It's where you you start to have these negative thoughts about yourself or about situations in your life that start to come up. And then you really start to question if you're doing the right thing um, and really start to question all of your values and your belief systems. So today we are jumping on here to say negative self-talk is 100% normal. Everybody has that inner critic coming in, um, critiquing ourselves, right? Like, even even us, right? Everybody thinks we're superhumans for some bloody reason. Um, but it it's very true that everybody has these emotions. They're very natural. So being able to pivot when you start to feel this self-talk, when you start to notice it, um, can really change our trajectory throughout the day. So the big thing that I like to say to begin with is to be very cognizant, to be very thoughtful of your inner critic and how you speak to yourself on a day-to-day basis. And I know that's easy to say, to say, be very, uh, be very mindful of how you speak to yourself, but a lot of us will do it without even noticing. It's just the small things that we start to pick at ourselves and then it can really start to snowball from there and kind of get out of hand. Negative self-talk like Mike said, is super normal. Um, and I think on a base level, it never fully goes away, right? Our, our brain is meant to keep us alive. It's meant to keep us stuck the same because we know we can survive if we're stuck in the same. So it doesn't matter. So if we're, we're constantly got that negative self-talk, I can't do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm not good enough for this, whatever that might be, that is meant to keep you stuck. It's meant to keep you the same and it's meant to help prevent you from any chance of dying. Yeah, so there's two different states that our mind can be in. It can be in a growth mindset or it can be in a fixed mindset. So when we are in this negative self-talk, typically we're stuck within that fixed mindset. We are where we are going to be and where we have always been. There is no chance for something better, for something different, for something more exciting because we are the same. We are going to stay the same. And that negative self-talk always does serve a purpose, right? If you are thinking about it in the sense of, you know, it keeping you from doing something more or from changing something, it it's serving a purpose at some base level. And at some base level, we need to acknowledge that mm. and kind of push it to the side. So in previous podcast episodes, we've talked about the wolf that you feed. The more you feed the powerful, uplifting wolf, the more you're going to notice those tri- attributes and things come into your life. The more we feed this stinking thinking, this negative attitude, the more you're going to notice that creep in. So if you are stuck in that negative self-talk, that stinking mm. thinking, then you're you're going to notice that negative self-talk creep in more and more and more. 
the first thing to kibosh negative self-talk is to stop it in its tracks and acknowledge it. If we don't acknowledge it, then it's kind of like brushing it under the rug and it's just going to kind of keep trying to come back out at you. So really acknowledge it and then we can start to handle it. We can start to um, address the issue. Yeah, start to question it, right? So I like to say question everything. Be the scientist. So if you have a negative belief about yourself, whether it's like, I'm not good enough, or I'm not strong enough, or I'm not fit enough, whatever that might look like, uh, it varies person to person, but really starting to question that, right? I'm not good enough. Well, are you not good enough? Because if you look at your life as a whole, chances are there's lots of really good things about it. And I bet, willing to bet, um, that there's a lot of a lot of light in it, a lot of good things to do with your life. Um, so once you start to pivot that focus from negative and this is always going to be bad and all of that to the possibility that there is positive in there, that you're just not placing your focus on that positive yet. Um, so really questioning and then starting to pivot that, that thought process around that. Um, and I wanted to touch on this too, like Kayla was saying before that, you know, these negative thoughts may have served us at one point in our life or that they, they do serve us in some way. Um, really questioning that too, and realizing that at some point in your life, it probably did serve you, whether it was to keep you feeling safe, whether it was to shelter you from something, whatever that might be, but our negative Self-talk generally did service at one point in our life. So taking that honest look at it and realizing, does it still serve that purpose? Am I still in the same state I was when I needed that protection? Yeah, well, and is it... it Yes, it serves a purpose now, but is it really what is going to empower us forward? And I think that that's the big takeaway is like, how do we empower ourselves forward? We notice this this negative self-talk start to creep in either A, when we're getting really, really close to a goal, or B, right when we're feeling overwhelmed, when it, the world is stressful and we're just having a rough day, that negative self-talk finds it easier to creep in. So taking a look, is, it, is this the mixtape that you've been listening to your whole life that kind of is telling you that you can't do it. Yes, I'm dating. I love how old she is. Is this your mixtape, guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is how you know that. Get out the old eight track player. <laughs> I never, okay, I never joking, had an eight track. Joking. I had a cassette. Okay, anyways, and I had mixtapes. I'm so just bugging you. This is what I'm saying is that is this the mixtape that you've been listening to on repeat? Is this the mixtape you want to listen to for the rest of your life? Like, or do you need to flip that to side B? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Had to take it this morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So, or do you want to make a new mixtape? Maybe you're going to progress to an MP3 at this point. I don't freaking know. <laughs> so, so to switch the tune, so to speak, because we're going off the mixtape of, um, of that thinking, uh, the way that I like to suggest for a lot of people is to really like in those moments where you are just, the shit is hitting the fan in your mind and you're really struggling, um, to switch that mindset just to practice a bit of gratitude in that moment. So when you notice these thoughts coming up where it's like, I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not, I, I can't keep up to these other people, whatever that is, starting, just just take a step back, take a couple deep breaths, and then really start to bring some gratitude into your life. And it doesn't have to be for long, it can quite literally be, I am thankful or I am grateful in this moment because of X, Y, and Z, whatever that is. Because at any point in your day, you can normally pull something good out of it. Something that might have happened yesterday even, or something that you get to look forward to um, coming up. Whether that's more time with your family, more time with your friends. Um, the fact that you have already progressed a certain amount. Like a lot of, like, 
picture Kayla right now. She's going into this competition, and right now it's like it is crunch time. We are working hard, and every little thing because she looks at herself so often. And this isn't a slight at her by any means. This is this is goals, people. So when when she's looking at herself and she's starting to pick apart those little things instead of being like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I still have this millimeter of fat under my butt. <laughs> instead of that, being able to be like. Holy shit, I look amazing. Like, look look at how freaking ripped I am. I can't believe, you know, I get to be in the shape I am. That I, that I have the knowledge that allows me to create this amazing body and this amazing life that I have. Like, really just clawing it back from that negative thinking and saying, no, I get to actually be grateful for this because I get to do all this amazing stuff. Yeah, that reflection piece, I think, is... A, also a part of this is that how can I reflect on the journey that I've been on this far? No, I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about everybody as a collective. What have you been through to this point? Whether that be in your life, whether that be in your fitness journey, your health journey, how far have you already come? And begin to celebrate that because when we get into that negative thinking, it's like sometimes our brain can make a mountain out of a molehill. Like, oh, I'm never going to get to that point. Now I'm comparing myself. Or, oh, I I'm not worthy enough to to achieve this so I'm just going to binge on chocolate chips or whatever this might be like is this actually the thought that you're having is this actually a valid thing is it valid or, and true? or is this scared <clears throat> is this fear creeping in have you already accomplished so much that it might just be easier to throw in the towel than to keep seeing where you can get to and we have good and bad moments we have motivated moments and we have less motivated moments it's that dedication and consistency at the end of the day that get us to our goal no matter what that goal is that negative self-talk will creep <clears throat> in so who is your cheerleader who do you have in your corner that is rooting for you because yes we we all we need that person that we can call and go I'm having a shitty moment or I don't believe in myself right now and that person needs to pump your tires <laughs> I mean I like Mike said I'm in the grind right now nitty-gritty just like two weeks out for my first competition and I'm sure he's so sick of it but I need that constant reassurance I'm like hey how does this look what does this look can you compare me to this person can you compare me to this person because I'm in a physique sport <laughs> but I've also had moments of, I don't know that I can lift anymore. I don't know that I can pick up that bar. I don't know that I want to get out of bed anymore. I'm done. And that's that negative self-talk. when I kick her little ass out of bed. Right. But I have <laughs> you to fall back on. I have that support network that I need. So have you established that support network that can lift you up when you're having a rough go? Yeah. Because it's not up to you at the end of the day to achieve your goals alone. Like they say it takes a village to raise a child. I truly believe it takes a village to accomplish a goal. This goal might be your goal, but it's not your responsibility solely to do by yourself. Reach out to your support network, ask them for support along the way, and they will help you achieve your goal. And if you don't know who your support network is, I want you to reach out to us because I am more than happy to be your support network, to be there for you, to cheer you on, to keep you accountable to what you're saying you want to do. We, we've had, we've literally had old clients of ours that have reached out after after finishing training with us and and they're like hey I'm having a moment it's like yeah of course like <laughs> we're still here for you it doesn't I don't give a shit if you're paying me money I'm still going to be that support network that's who we are we like to help people so 
when we focus on the good, we start to create more good. So like Mike said, if you want to get rid of that negative self-talk, start focusing on the good things. Start focusing on some gratitude. Gratitude will ground you back into the present moment and stop you from like self-criticism in the past and in the future. You can be grounded in the present moment. You're, you're safe. You're okay here in the present moment and you can accomplish anything that you want to. And I think that I saw a, a meme the other day that said like, uh, I think it was like, I don't even remember the start of it, but anyways, the point of it says that you are not your brain. You are separate from that piece. And sometimes our brain, like I already said, is meant to keep us stuck, is meant to keep us in those limiting patterns. So if you want to accomplish more, you need to step outside that piece and resonate that your being can do more than what your brain is telling you in this moment that you can do. Yeah. When you get that negative self-talk, just remember you're a unicorn. You're an amazing person. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On to form and form cues. So um, something we, we hear a lot of is, you know, people wanting to know, are they doing things properly? Is their form correct? It's hard to do. It is. <laughs> when, okay, so I'm going to give a caveat to this. If you are asking me, am I doing this properly? Is my form correct? Or if you're questioning yourself on your own form, I want you to send me a video. The <laughs> amount of times I say to clients, send me a video. Do you know how many videos I get? Very few. Very Most, mostly few. just memes of cats dancing. Yeah. <laughs> no, we get very, very few videos or pictures of people in their form. And then they're like, am I doing this right? I'm not progressing in this movement. This one's hurting my back. I don't know what's going on. I can't help you if I don't know what you look like while you're doing it. So that's the first piece. So yeah. I just want to put that out there. And, and the, that goes along beautifully with that first piece is a lot of times when you record yourself from different angles doing these movements, you'll be able to see if your form's out on your own. Crazy fact. Um, but the problem is, is generally when we're looking in a mirror, if you're working out at a gym and there's mirrors in front of you and you're staring at a mirror while you're doing it, you might not be at the right angle to be able to see if your hips are breaking first for a squat or a deadlift or to see if those shoulders stay rolled down and back in the majority of our upper body movements, right? Making sure that there's that scapular retraction. So there are a few things that if you are to videotape yourself from the side, you'll be able to correct those form cues on your own a lot of the time. But do send us the videos. Still send so us the videos. So <laughs> for form, any proper form with lifting, soft bend in the knees, hips slightly tucked, shoulders rolled back and down, back nice and long, core tight, weight is planted firmly through all four corners of your foot. I, if, if you're ever worried about your form, start at your base. Are you planted firmly through all four corners of your feet? Are you putting more weight in your toes or more weight in your heels? Are your knees locked? Where is your hips? Are you arching through your low back? Like when you begin to start at the base and you work your way up, we can begin to correct the form overall. And most people, it's a rounding through the front of the shoulders. They're arching through their low back and their legs are locked. Yeah. Anterior pelvic tilts are big too, where they kind of stick the booty out. Yeah. And it's like that. That's that, what I mean. Arching through the yeah. low back. Yeah. 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 Or they're, they're not elevated through their chest. We're rounding forward, right? We want to have that sternum, that breastbone up and lifted. Think like standing up nice and tall and proud. Show everybody your tatas. <laughs> the amount Send of, the tatas out. The amount of people I see too when they're doing chest and back exercises that allow their shoulders to creep up and they're just pulling from their traps because as soon as we suitcase, right, as soon as those shoulders come up, our traps take over. And those traps are strong, baby. They'll lift anything. Our bodies are beautiful 
beautiful maquette mechanisms. Yeah, we'll yeah that's that. right. <laughs> um, but, but my point is, is that our bodies are these beautiful things that will move that weight. Okay, so you will find a way to move the weight. It might not be perfect form, but your body finds ways to compensate for other things and then create a movement pattern that will get that weight to move. Maybe not the safest. So form over weights, right? This is something that Ego Mike, when I was younger, had to learn the hard way by absolutely destroying my body. I mean, I did a posterior dislocation on my arm. I've wrecked my back so many times squatting because I just tried to be the heaviest lifter in the gym. Didn't care about the form. Now that I'm an old man and I gotta look after this body, whoo, form first, baby. Light weights and form first. Beautiful thing. The amount of times that I've used momentum to lift weights mm. or tried to force weights up and not seen any progress. I'm like, oh, my my standing overhead press is just not progressing. Like, I've been at the same oh, weight forever. And I'm like, well, yeah, you've been push pressing most of your standing overhead presses, Kayla. Like, how do you expect to get any stronger? Because the strength is not coming because you're using your leg power to get it up. There's nothing wrong with a push press, but... There it, are advantages due to it in some certain aspects. Exactly. So <laughs> there is caveats to this. But what I'm saying is that, like Mike already said, we will find a way to get the weight up. If we were to drop that weight and really focus on the muscle that we're meant to be working, the form, the proper form cues first, and then try and push that load, you're going to see way more advantage to mm. that, and you're going to see way better progress over time. Right, so if we make sure that that form is beautiful, again, like Kayla was saying at the start, for upper body, upper body is one of the biggest ones for me. I mean, lower body too, don't get me wrong, but... So many people round through their shoulders, like she was saying. They have that almost kyphotic look, right? Where they're like rounded forward in everything. And a lot of it is because of in a lot of jobs we work, we tend to sit hunched at a computer and you're sitting here working like this. Instead of, like that. instead of having that chest expansion. So when you're doing your workouts, making sure that you do take the time to almost like physically roll those shoulders down and back to start so that they're set, right? Scapulars retracted, you're pulling those shoulders down and back. Now this is true in both like bench pressing lap pulling um anytime you're doing a chin up or a pull up you need those scapular retraction if you do not have that and you start doing pull ups then you're just going to be doing it from your traps and you're going to be sitting here doing these little half reps instead of keeping those shoulders down and back where they should be and actually progressing the muscles that you want to right that mind muscle connection and then really being able to challenge those muscles to grow them. And knowing the muscles that you should be working is really important because like Mike was saying, like in a lap pull down, there was years and years and years where I was just using my teres, which is like on the back of your <laughs> scapula, it's one of your rotator cuff muscles. I was just using my teres to do all these lap pull downs. My lats were never firing properly. So it's like teres and traps. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get more weight or why my hands were tangling. Um, and it's because I mean, those shoulders were rolled forward instead of rolling right. those suckers well, down and also elbow position yeah. right when we look at elbow position so there's so much that goes into proper form so i guess the big point that we are trying to make here is send us your videos um <laughs> show us your form if you are questioning your form whatsoever if you're not progressing in your movement if you're feeling this in a, a body part that maybe you don't think you should be feeling this in send us your videos whether you're a client or not a client of ours we want to help you because we don't want you to hurt yourself after all both Mike and I started getting into fitness because we wanted to get out of pain not in pain right so if this is the case for you you want to get out of pain you want to heal your body send us your videos hit us up if you're ready to make a change in your life 
step into the best version of you, check out our Iron Self Transformation Program. Find more info on our website, www.ironbodycoach.com. Okay. <laughs> High stress periods and junk food. Okay. So the big thing last week was people were like, oh my goodness, junk food. I love junk food. Who doesn't love junk food? I mean, and so it was a mixture between people on their period, people with high stress, and they're like, how do I cope? How do I cope? Like, give me the chips, all the chips, like (laughs) cookie monster over here. Okay. So why is it that we crave junk food when we're stressed out? Let's start there. It's comforting. It's comforting. Yeah. Same thing. How, how many people growing up, when they hurt themselves, when they were sick, when they were, when they weren't feeling great, whatever that be, okay? If you lost something, you know what, whatever that is. How many people got comforted by food? Oh, you, you, you got a boo boo. Here's a donut. Oh, you won that race. <laughs> yeah, you want a, a race? Donut. Let's take you out for McDonald's. Let's take you out for a milkshake or whatever that is. Food has been used as a reward as a reward for a lot of people. And that, that goes for us too. Like, it's funny. I don't know if I'm allowed to share this. Don't care. Um, Kayla was talking about when she finishes her first competition, which is in two weeks. Okay, so she has her competition, first one, in two weeks. And then she has her next one the week right after that. So she was like, well, after I finish my competition, I get to reward myself with food. And I was like, eh, do you though? And she's like, but I've been dieting so hard. And I was like, food is not a reward. Like the reward is you were on stage, you do amazing. Sure, if you want to have like a little something special, we can do that. But we're not blowing the doors off the place, especially because we have another competition the following week. So, but it's just funny because it falls back into that familiar patterning, even for this amazing being but, beside me. Okay, can I add to that? 100%. We went for a 12 kilometer bike ride last weekend yeah. with our oldest and youngest child. And the and on the way back, Mike says, oh, we should stop and get them a milkshake. They've done so good. <laughs> and what did I do? I turned to you and I Same said- Same thing. I said, my Food's not a reward, food, dummy. Food is not a reward. I was like, the fact that they did this amazing bike ride, let's right? do a family high five. I can't believe they made it 12K. This is amazing. But they don't need food to celebrate this. And so we made a decision as a unit that we were not going to use food. And plus, who wants to bike with a milkshake in their hand? Anyways. Um, <laughs> not Kayla, apparently. <laughs> Shit, I would. <laughs> so we came back home. We had lunch. We celebrated. We spent some time together. And after all, it was about the quality time that we spent together and the ability to say that you know, my nine-year-old was able to bike 12 kilometers and my three-year-old was able to hold on for 12 kilometers. It's got one of those little wee ride things. That's all he does is just hold. (laughs) But the fact was, is that that was able to be accomplished. And what did Maya say? She was so proud of herself. And we told her like a billion times how proud we were of her. And that was enough of a celebration for her because she wanted to share with everybody at that point what she'd accomplished. Yeah. So what we're saying though, throughout all of this fun banter is that, you know, regardless of who you are, food has been used as a reward in most people's lives for a large majority of it. So stepping away from that fact that the food is that comfort item for a lot of people can be hard for sure. And we get that. We struggle with it too. Right? Like we just shared both of us 
each time. Food reward. Um, but when you're not feeling well, you're feeling run down, of course you want to give yourself a serotonin and dopamine hit. How do we do that? Through food. And I was listening to this podcast the other day, and this is me getting nerdy and sciencey. But they did this um, test where they took away the ability for um, both people and rats. So this has been duplicated on both to be able to sense the flavor of something. So they did. <laughs> they gave them COVID. They did <laughs> sugar water, <laughs> and they did regular water. So they weren't able to taste the water and sense the sweetness. And at first. Neither humans nor rats preferred one or the other. But within 15 minutes, both humans and rats preferred the sugar water, even though they couldn't taste the sweetness of it. And that came down to their gut bacteria preferring the sugar water because it helps it with more bacteria growth. And so their gut microbiome was signaling to their brain on a biological level level, which one they wanted because they were able to still get dopamine and serotonin and those feel-good endorphins from the sugar water and it made them feel better. So on a biological level, your body is going to start craving these junk food items because nine times out of 10, they have sugar added to them to heighten the sweetness, to heighten the ability for you to eat them. And so now you're going to keep craving them and you're gonna want more and more and more. And on a biological level, your brain is telling you want more because your gut is telling you you want more. So it's that gut brain access. So if we keep nourishing our body with whole foods And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm not feeling well, I'm stressed out, I'm run down because I've got my period, whatever, and you eat these highly processed foods, of course it's going to make you want more because on a biological level, your gut is saying, yes, you do. (laughs) Your gut loves it. Right. So we're, like I've been telling Mike, I'm hacking the system, okay? Like, <laughs> she thinks she can beat her biological body. She's like, I can do this. Yeah. My body, I am smarter than my body. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing the government. I don't know. <laughs> but we're fighting biology when it comes to these highly palatable foods, these highly processed foods, whether we are stressed out or not, because our body is looking for those feel-good endorphins. So what I'm trying to say is if we nourish ourselves with more whole foods and we give ourselves the the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that our body is looking for, then we're not going to have as high of cravings. And when we're not eating the processed food, we're not getting as much of that sugar intake. And the sugar intake at the end of the day is what is driving it. Um, yeah, I could go yeah. way more into sugar. And, and, and I love the way you said that because the, the reality is if we are fueling ourselves with whole foods on a permanent basis, we'll say even if you take a month, for anybody listening to this, if you go one month where you cut out the added sugar, where you cut out the highly processed foods and you do a whole food diet for one month, you are going to lose those cravings for these high food after a month. Right. It's a, your body it, changes the taste buds, what is it, every 14 days? Every 14 every days. Every 14 days, your tongue sheds its taste buds and you create new ones. So if you are fueling yourself with these whole foods, your body's going to lose the, the taste, the want for those highly palatable, sugary, shitty foods and start to fuel, realize that it enjoys how you feel when you're fueling yourself with these whole foods. So to get away from these cravings for these really high sugar items, this garbage for your body, um, clean up your diet in general. And then when you do have these crazy high stress days, when you are on your period and you're craving these foods, these cravings are going to be less and these cravings are going to be for, holy shit, now I want a pickle. 
<laughs> or, or whatever, right? Something healthier, right? Maybe you'll crave a salad with like a nice crunchy, crunchy lettuce and juicy tomatoes in there, whatever that looks like. But you're going to start to crave these things that are more in tune with what you are going for. It's so true. I mean, what I was going to say was when it comes to like the ketogenic diet, we hear lots of people with the ketogenic diet um, and they're like, oh, well, I don't have these sugar cravings. I will tell you right now, you don't have the sugar cravings with the ketogenic diet because you're not eating the sugar. So you've cut out that sugar. And once you've cut out that sugar, that is really where those taste buds begin to change and our idea of food begins to change. Now, the one thing I wanted to touch on with the, the junk food cravings around periods is the week before a female gets her period, her metabolism increases by one to 200 calories that week. Most females are going to overconsume that week because their body is telling them that they're hungrier. You got more cravings, you're increased in hunger, increased in appetite. And so we tend to eat more food during that week. And a lot of the time it, it tends to be, week after. it spills into the week after, or they tend to be more of those processed high sugar, high calorie food items that we're craving. Oh, I'm craving chocolate. I'm craving cheese. Like these things, why are we craving them? Well, let's think about it. Do I have enough iron in my diet? Am I getting enough healthy fats in my diet? Like most people are terrified to eat fat. Like, where's your walnuts in your diet? Like, get some healthy fats in there. Have some avocado. Um, and really, when we're not getting the nutrients we need, we start to have more and more and more cravings. Like, chocolate, a lot of the time we are craving it because it's comforting. It makes us feel good. And what you don't realize is you're actually low in magnesium. Yeah, like they, that. these are the things that we're looking at on a, a biological level. It's like, what are these micronutrients that I might be missing? Now, this doesn't mean that if you are getting enough micronutrients that you're not going to have these cravings. We already talked about the gut driving those cravings as well, as well as our brain. Think of it like this. Your brain loves familiarity. It loves patterns. It loves routine. So if you've been having your period since you were 12 or 13 years old and you're into your mid thirties, it's like you've had your period for half your life. Okay. And you get it every single month. And for every half time your life. you eat chocolates. And every single time you eat chocolate, what do you think is going to happen? So here's the stimulus. Stimulus is periods coming or you get your period and your brain says, Mmm, chocolate. Yeah, I know what I'm supposed to do. This is this is a reward pattern. It's no different than if you've ever heard of like the Pavlov's dogs. Pavlov um, was a was a scientist, and what he did was he would ring a bell and he would feed the dogs. And eventually, what happened was he would take away the food. He would ring the dog the bell, and the dog would salivate because it was expecting the food. This is exactly the same mechanism. You're getting your period or high stress inserts. This is your your trigger, your mechanism. And you're sitting and then, over there drooling, waiting for chocolate. Exactly. That's exactly it. The <laughs> drool elicits and the chocolate cravings come on because <laughs> this is what happens is that this is that reward and stimulus patterning. So if you want a different result, you need to start to change the mechanism. So maybe you switch out um, your milk chocolate with dark chocolate. Maybe that's where we begin. And maybe from dark chocolate, you move into a chocolate protein shake or whatever it might be but something to satiate that idea of I need chocolate, but maybe it's a little bit healthier. Maybe you're making like an avocado mousse. I don't know. And again, baseline, start cleaning up the diet to begin with. And then when the cravings do happen, maybe you're going to be craving something, but maybe it won't be 
the, the caramel bar that you've always reached for or whatever that is, right? So starting to switch the way that we fuel ourselves to begin with. So then when we do get those hunger pangs, when they do come on, it's going to be for something that's a little more in line with your goals. Perfect. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this week in coaching. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you want more information on any of the information we are providing today, make sure you reach out to us or drop us a comment below. If you have issues with your form, send us your videos. I don't care if you train with us or not. I don't want people getting hurt and I have no problem giving you form cues so that we can help you get that shit figured out. Have an amazing rest of your day, rest of your week. See you next week. Have an awesome week, guys. Bye.